this episode. Boeing, uh, a long history of safety, innovation, and being engineering-led. There was a real decrease in the influence of the quality control function. If they spoke up, bad things happened. They were shown the door, were they? Everything was about, inside Boeing, was about covering up the existence of this MCAS system. The purpose of an organisation can hugely impact the way the organisation behaves. One of those mind-blowing shifts in culture. Oh man, I could, I could do an hour easily. <laughs> Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi everybody, I'm Sean Callahan, And hi everybody, I'm Mark Shank. Now, I believe, Mark, you've got a, a, maybe a, a story from, you know, the aircraft industry. Well, yeah, and you know, having spent twenty years in the Australian Air Force, it's uh, you know, it got my uh, it got my attention when we had a recent partner conference, uh, partner uh, meeting, and one of the partners mentioned this story um, about Boeing, and so I went and did some research, and yeah, here it is, here it is, and it's a story about purpose and psychological safety. So, Boeing, long history since nineteen sixteen, uh, a long history of safety, innovation, and being engineering led. So mm. quality was everything. Yep. Um, and they produced some of the most amazing innovations, like the 747. Uh, people talk about the seven, their decision to invest in the 747 jumbo jet is like a moonshot. Like it was this, what? You're going to build an aircraft that's going to take 500 people? Anyway, um, they did. Uh, they, banked, they backed themselves. And they did. They changed the they changed the airline industry with that aircraft by making yeah. air travel much more affordable. So pretty cool. Um, and then in 1997, they merged with McDonnell Douglas, mm. and the uh, very quickly things changed. Um, the purpose of uh, of the new merged entity was very much focused on creating value on Wall Street. So success is measured by share value. Uh, and kind of uh, a lot of the decision-making was driven by market forces. You know, how can we increase the share price? Yeah, okay, fair call. Um, but it also had some really big knock-on effects. And they had a, they introduced a program, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but um, it was a, essentially that everyone in Boeing was uh, required to think about the share price. Engineering meetings would start. Oh, by talking no. about the share price. Really? I like, get it. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, it sounds crazy when you say oh, it. But, wow. But, yeah. So, uh, so there were, there was a big focus cost cutting. Yeah. Um, uh, more output. Uh, there was large numbers of redundancies. And there was a real decrease in the influence of the quality control function. Um, right. And because quality control, that costs money. You know, not just investing in the in the function itself, but in all the stuff that they pick up. And so, uh, and and staff started to notice um, stuff. But uh, if they spoke up, bad things happened. They were shown and, the door, were they? They were shown the door. You know, uh -oh. just you know, subtly moved on, or you know, like all the, the forms of pressure that can be applied to people to shut up. Wow. Um, now, Boeing at the time was facing really stiff market competition from Airbus, and uh, somewhere in the mid-2000s, Airbus actually uh, overtook Boeing in terms of sales, um, first time ever. So it's kind of having a big impact, but Boeing's share price was still doing well, right? Yeah, right. And then um, they announced in 2009 
that they were going to respond to the needs of the airline industry for fuel efficiency by creating this new variant of the 737 called the 737 MAX. Bigger, more powerful, and much more fuel efficient engines were part of it. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and uh, the other thing was that because they, you know, because it was going to be no significant variations from the previous variant of the 737, that they could go to market saying, you don't need any pilot training. There's no simulator training required right. for, to fly this new variant. You Which is jump expensive. In the oh, yeah. Uh, simulator training, you know, it's, it's very expensive. Yeah. And so it was all premised on no significant differences. Right. And their share price took off. It went through the roof. They sold something like 5,000 of these 737 maxes. Like... That's no small amount considering is, each, each one is a many millions of dollars purchase, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so, um, you know, the strategy was working. Their share price went, you know, it took off, went through the roof. And, uh, you know, the 737 MAX was introduced in 2016 and, you know, yeah, life's good. You know, and not so much for the employees of Boeing. There was a lot of, anyway, uh, everything was fine until October 2018. When a, uh, a seven, uh, when a a seven three seven Max crashed shortly after takeoff, yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah, yeah uh, from Jakarta, yep. and there was uh, was one hundred and eighty nine people killed, and yeah, everyone thought it was pilot error. Yeah, you know, it's Indonesia, it's Lion Air. You know, they've got a good safety record, and um, but it turns out it wasn't pilot error. Um, there was a new system that had been installed uh, that Bowen hadn't told anyone about oh. um, that that caused the crash. Um, and the pilots on that line aircraft did not even know that that what the that pilots system, did the, the pilots, pilots did not even know that that oh, system oh, was oh. installed. Anyway, but this came out a few weeks after when the black boxes recovered. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, and suddenly Boeing's under a lot of scrutiny, and they went, yeah, 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 no, 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 that's all good. And so they sent, you know, they then went out to the to the, all the pilots and said, this is what this is what you do, you know, if the MCAS system gets activated, this right. this MCAS is the I'm not going to try and describe it, but it had a. If it got activated, it had caused it took big over problems. the aircraft. It took, yeah, it took over the aircraft, and, and it um, sent it and it sent it down. Did it? Yes. yes. Right. Well, that's what, not. It was not a good thing. Not a good thing. Not a good yeah. thing. Anyway, so um, the but the the, the fleet wasn't grounded. You know, uh, Boeing sent memos out to the pilots around the world and said, if it gets activated, do this. Anyway, right. five months later, five months after the Lion Air crash. Uh, an Ethiopian Airlines 737 MAX crashed. Exactly the same thing happened. Uh, the only thing was that exactly the same thing happened despite the fact that the pilots did exactly what Boeing had told them to do. Exactly, right? Wow. They did exactly the right thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, so in the investigation that went on, everything was about inside Boeing was about covering up the existence of this MCAS system yeah. because it was a significant variation. It meant that the pilots would require training and that their kind of go-to-market strategy would would be uh, compromised, right? Yeah. And they wouldn't get as many yeah. sales. Yeah. So, um, and what they do? Well, what they do is they... they they made, you know, they made des- deliberate decisions to refer to MCAS as uh, uh, something to do. It was like associated with the existing trim system, right. a modification. So just continue the- to try to cover it up, and yep. and so yeah, yeah right. Um, anyway, like the, there was an investigation, and Boeing were they were found that they had deliberately concealed this. They were charged with criminal intent to defraud by the Department of Justice. 
They ended up paying over $2.5 billion in compensation and fines to avoid criminal prosecution. And of course, their share price plummeted. After all that. After all that, right? So um, I guess look, at the end of the day, the, the point is that the purpose of an organisation can hugely impact the way the organisation behaves. And uh, if there is no uh, psychological safety, no no transparency, then it, it creates an unsafe environment. And so, like, when big organisations are focused on Wall Street and they say, no, no, trust us, we're doing the right thing, well, maybe we should be a little bit sceptical. Yeah. What a great story. That's a, that's amazing, isn't it? I mean, that's just one of those mind-blowing um, shifts in culture. And, and I'm so surprised that when they merged with um, McDonnell Douglas, which would have been a much smaller mm. organization, they ended up somehow controlling Boeing. Like their, was it their CEO ended up being the, the, the new yeah, CEO yeah, of Harry the Boeing. Cipher. Well, he very quickly became the CEO of Boeing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like within, I don't know, within two years, he was the CEO of Boeing. Right. And, and part of the logic was, as I understand it, was that these, the McDonnell Douglas executives were they understood share price value and how to how to how to grow shareholder value. Right. So it's obviously something the board was after. Mm. You know, they, yep. you know, they probably they probably saw this, you know, gradual increase in Boeing share price, but having Airbus right on their tail like that, they thought, gee, we're gonna have to really push our share price up. And they lost lost perspective, right? Yeah. Wow, that's that's great. I mean, I I love that story because says so much about um, culture in an organisation and the importance of having, a, like you say, a purpose that is not just about shareholder value. I mean, I, I have this conversation with leaders all the time where, you know, you, you hear them talking about their purpose and they think their purpose is shareholder value, right? Sure, it's one of the outcomes you have to achieve. But I tell you what, if you set it as your purpose you're going to have some problems down down the track, right? Yeah, and you're not going to be a very appealing place for people to join or stay. Yeah, exactly. Who wants to join a company that wants to have a great share price? That's the main thing. You're mm. not really making a difference there, are you? Um, look, look, there are so many twists and turns, and I'm sure you probably had heaps more twists and turns you could add to that story, right? But Oh, man, I could, I could do an hour easily. <laughs> and so the... I think one of the things about that is it's just getting almost like the chunks of that story of this is what it was like in the past. There was this thing that changed. It changed the behavior. I love how you're talking about, you know, the how the employees just weren't able to actually speak up, you know, were, you know, essentially shown the door, you know, if they did try to say anything about quality, you know, there was this real definite consequence of this new world that they're in. And then, of course, there was a consequence to all that, which were, you know, these tra tragedies, you know, hundreds of people losing their lives. Um, I, I actually, as you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, I wonder what would have happened if those planes crashed in the United States? You know, would, mm. would you have had that vacillation, you know, the, that period of time where they were just trying to fight the pilots uh, over pilot error, you know, for this... Uh, you know, is the reason for these planes going down? Yeah, no, that's a anyway. that's a that, that's a, that's a good hypothetical. Yeah, Jeffrey, get Jeffrey Robinson on that one. That's it. So yeah, I think that was good. What do you what do you like telling in that story? What were the things that sort of you enjoyed? 
Well, look, some of the little things, like the things that really struck me were that they started engineering meetings by talking about the share price. Like, that's that's outrageous, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Can you imagine engineers talking about the share price? Yeah, who cares? You would think it would be a very short conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hope it would. I hope it would. Um, so, like, in, in kind of doing the, the research and watching documentaries on it and yeah. um, the, you know, like I was very interested in the technical aspects of it um, mm. and, you know, what MCAS actually did. Didn't didn't talk about any of that in telling that story. Yeah. Um, but well, other than, well, I didn't say it, but it, it was it would have been a horrendously terrifying experience for the pilots with the aircraft taking over and trying to kill them. Yeah, like, yeah, right. And uh, in one of the hearings, um, Sully, you know, Solberger, Sol Sol oh, yeah. whatever, the guy who landed the, the A320 on the Hudson River. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he said something that really struck me, which was these pilots were in the fight. Of, they were fighting for their lives in the fight of their lives. Yeah. In those exactly. few minutes. Yeah. Uh, it gives you a chill up the spine when you said that, actually. So yeah, I'd add that to the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, so that's it's good. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, that, just having those really clear elements to the story, the clear parts, thought was good. Um, if I was to think of, you know, anything to, to bring it to life a little bit more, Things like that little scene you've just given me in the mind of Sully in the courtroom saying that, that's a nice little moment, right? And and because it's about, you know, people, you know, sort of struggling against, you know, it's a life and death situation. I mean, that just bumps up the the drama of that element of the story straight away, right? I know. If yeah. you think about, if you're thinking about telling that again, is there any... In, in this shorter format, I'm sure there could be a much, as you say, an hour-long version of this. But if you were to stand up in front of a team meeting or something like that, is there anything you would change in your telling? Yeah, look, I, I really don't know because it's it's there's so many twists and turns that I would I would be improvising on the spot. I don't yeah. think I could ever tell that story um, the same way twice. Yeah, because it's so complex i mean i yeah some of the big things you know the the pride the engineering led in the past right now yeah. that's i would always tell that um, yes yeah yeah it's sort of like establishes it's of you know the, what it was like in the past yeah. um, I, I, I don't know whether i said uh, that uh, there was a saying in the industry if it's not boeing i'm not going i don't think i said it um, no you didn't you didn't but it quickly reminds me of there was a saying in the Australian industry, and that is, you can chance it with answer. It's not quite <laughs> the same thing, is it? <laughs> uh, hey, yeah. you know, one of the things I was thinking of, you know, how do you tell a long story when you don't have time to tell a longer story? And I did have a situation at a board meeting where I had to come in and present, um, and then I was part of the conversation. And I knew I had this longer story I wanted to tell because it was a health service organization and we had this really good sort of health service story to tell. And uh, so what I decided to do was I told a little bit in my presentation, my like 10-minute presentation. And then during the conversation, I would add to the story. You know, I would tell the next bit of the story. Mm -hmm. And then right at the end, I think I had three bites at 
at this story. You know, I had the, my presentation, then two more bites. And I more or less told the whole story by the end of the meeting. So I know it's just, I don't know, have you ever seen that happen? Oh, it was just an accidental thing for me, but I thought, oh, that might be a bit of a strategy in telling a, a longer story when you're time constrained. Yeah, you, you, I guess if the, the story has kind of natural um, uh, pause points, yeah. then then you can do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not knowing the story that you told in that, uh, oh, that's an interesting concept to explore. Mm. Um, I mean, you could you could tell this story up to the announcement of the the, the max and 5,000 sales and share price going through the roof. Yeah. And then, you know, and so look, you know, the strategy appeared to be working. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I think people would be wondering, okay, yeah, but what happened after yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> would you, yeah, exactly. Would they let you yeah. uh, move on to something else? Without, yeah. uh, I've got a feeling that in that case, they would be going, uh, what happened? Yeah. Tell me what happened. What happened? Yeah. So business points, Mark, what do you, you're the well, master, you're you the know, master of business points. So tell purpose, me. Purpose, 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 purpose. You know, what's your purpose? Um, and it's not money. Let me tell you what happens when you focus on money. I'm just kind of picturing yeah, talking yeah, to yeah. people about, about purpose. Yeah. Um and but it's so it's so seductive. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that Al Alcoa story when the CEO, the new CEO takes off Alcoa oh. and he and he sort of says, Hey, we're going to be focusing on safety and in fact, that's my, he was talking to the Wall Street, you know, sort of analysts and he was sort of saying, my strategy is focusing on safety. And everyone thought he was a bit off his trolley. And uh, and, he, and he called it a, what was it? A keystone habit uh, or right. a key, keystone behavior. Keystone behavior. That's right. And, and he was dead right. He got the company really focused on safety. They drove down injuries, a whole range of thing, good things happened in the business. And guess what? Share price went up. Yeah, productivity right? went up. Share price went up. That's right. So that that's the way to have an effect is try to find those keystone habits, keystone behaviors. And in Boeing, it's the two with quality. It's, again, it's around safety, right? Yeah. But it's quality and engineering and and doing you know innovation and and that whole thing about psychological safety. It's a great one for talking about psychological safety. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And how bad things happen when uh, when staff don't have a voice and particularly when uh, you can't when bad news is actively discouraged yeah yeah exactly well and in fact it doesn't even matter if it's active if people don't feel safe speaking up and pointing to things and saying this ain't right and worried that if they say that you know their pay might get docked or you know they got might get moved into a different function or they might lose their jobs yeah that's pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, nothing good <laughs> comes of that. No. Yeah. So, okay. look, good. Um, yeah. Any other business points, though? I mean, there's about three or four out of that, you know. Yeah. That's a pretty good range. I've got a feeling that if you delved into specific parts of this story, mm -hmm. then you could use it to make a thousand business points, you know, because yeah. there's different there's different things happened along the way. Um yeah, I think you're right. If you zoomed in, like, for example, if mm -hmm. you zoomed in to how particular executives, like the CEO gets selected and becomes that CEO, there's got to be a lesson there mm -hmm. in, in selection process and characteristics and who you should be looking for to, to run a, you know, a large business like that. Um, 
So yeah, there's definitely something to be said in there, I reckon, in in that story. And I'm sure there's a multitude of others. I think there's another thing around testing and you know how new equipment goes in and 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 the pro I mean they would have done this a million times, right? In their previous system. I have to tell you though, know, with the Boeing 747, um in nine when did that first get you know um, sort of, 1969 or something? Okay. Well, in 1976, I flew to the US as a 12-year-old by myself, actually with my 12-year-old friend, Ian. And Ian and I, because we're unaccompanied minors, uh, we were taken up to the the top level. And back in 1976, there weren't chairs in there. There was a bar in there, right? A bar and absolute sort of excitement for 12-year-olds. Space Invader machines, right? <laughs> so we had we played literally for the whole flight from Australia to the US. Ian and I played Space Invaders, um, you know, while other people were swanning around, you know, having a few whiskeys or something. I'm sure it wasn't all that child friendly, but it was great fun. And uh, <laughs> so it, it, that's the image I've got. You know, these these guys were really you know, doing some really amazing things back then. Okay, Mark, we are going to give it a score. Well, you ready? You're ready for my score? Oh, um, yes, yes. Of course, you get to go first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm giving this a solid eight out of ten. This is a a cracking story, and what I like about it is, I reckon you can do the long version, the short version. You know, you're not short of material in this story, and if people ask you questions, you could answer more. I mean, it's just a a story that keeps giving. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, eight yeah. out of ten for me. What about for you? I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah, oh, wow. This has got to be one of your highest. Is this because yeah. of your aviation background, or yeah, kind of? <laughs> I think also because there's there are so many parts to it that uh, it, can, it it will be extremely versatile. Yeah, uh, and so I I will continue to be aware of things that I see and read, uh, you know, at this and 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 kind of build this story over time. Yeah, 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 right. That's great. Fantastic. Well, that's another episode, everyone. So thanks for listening in to Anecdotally Speaking. And of course, yeah, tune in next week for another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally speaking, was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.